0: G'day everyone, welcome back to For the Love of Brick. A fortnightly Lego podcast where I interview people from all over the world about their love of Lego and what inspires them. This week we're going international again. We're heading over to the UK to talk to James Pegram. Uh, James is one of the founding members of Brick to the Past. A little bit about Brick to the Past, it's a bunch of apples who build historic events, you guessed it, in Lego. What could be better than that? You get to learn a bit about history and you get to look at Lego. Win-win. So because of these reasons, Brick to the Past was high on my interview list. My interview with James was an absolute pleasure to do uh, because A, he's so passionate about Lego and history. And you can hear that passion coming through in this interview. So whether you're on your way to work Or if you're at home sorting Lego or building Lego, I hope you enjoy today's interview as much as I did. G'day, James. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, First things first, uh, would you like to tell me a little bit about yourself?
1: Hi, yeah. My name is uh, James, James Pegram. I live in the UK. Uh, bred in London. I'm a member of Bricks of the Past, uh, which is a group of adult fans in the UK. Um, We're pretty much spread from the furthest southwest where I live, over England up to uh, Scotland, um, up up towards um, John O'Groats, where Dan lives, um, in the very cold north part of uh, Scotland. we we're, as I say, a group of adult fans, uh, love history, and we love bringing our history and our Lego together and sharing that with people, um, which is what we've been doing now since about 2013.
0: I was about to say, yeah, how long have you guys been going for?
1: So that's a fair while. Um, yeah, it's, um, it was something that grew out of a friendship I had with uh, an athlete who's um. Still around, it doesn't build as much these days. But some people re- may recognise the name Barney Barney May. He also lived in London, uh, like I did a few years back, yep. and uh, we started um, collaborating probably 2011, and we built a a castle and a siege scene, uh, which was very well received at a show because we kept moving this siege scene along, <laughs> and rather than it being a slatted <laughs> display, it was uh, a moving display. So. You start off with a nice peaceful castle with the villagers coming and going to their farm, and then an army comes along and sets camp up in the farm field, and and they start laying siege on the castle and, and <laughs> what forth. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was really well received. Um, so that that's something I did with Barney, and and from there it really grew, and a group of us came together, and we did another medieval castle scene. Um, this time it incorporated quite a large village, yeah, and lots of other medieval scenes. And um, we thought, right, okay, we've been doing this for a little while now. We really, should uh, give ourselves a name and try and get ourselves a website, and and from there, it's just really grown and evolved, and yeah, become become something that I think's pretty well known within. Lego community and, and beyond that within the history circles certainly within the UK I guess yeah. that's probably because we focus on UK history so yeah we've been focusing pretty much on British history so um, are
0: any of you actual historians or how, how do you how do you come up with the ideas of what you want to what you want to do build
1: we're not historians we like history yeah but um, We're not historians. Stan's probably the most academically qualified, I think, out of us with with, uh, an A-level, which is kind of the second tier in in English, uh, British academic studies. Um, But, you know, whilst we may have gone on in our studies, we haven't done that in history. So, yeah, history is just a a hobby for us an interest. Uh, I particularly enjoy going around to sites. I know some of the others do. In fact, many years ago, when we were uh, doing our Hadrian's wall builds, we, um, Dan and myself met up and did a field trip and uh, spent <laughs> a very cold and wet weekend walking the wall and going around some of the forts. So we're not uh, academics. We obviously enjoy reading, studying and learning about it. Um, you know, maybe I'll, one day I'll take those interests further on, but for now, it's just a hobby. Yep. Um, the second question about where do we get the ideas from? Well. There's so many sources, to be fair. And where do I start? The problem is, is we've been working now for some, like, coming on 10 years. And people keep talking to us, keep feeding us ideas. And we've just got a long list, I guess, of ideas. So people, our fans, the people that follow us, our friends, they give us ideas. One of the other things that we like to do is try and tap into what's happening at this point in time, so if there's a particular anniversary going on, we like to try to celebrate that, capture it. For example, this year we have the 400th year anniversary of the Mayflower journey from England, um, Holland, which went all the way over to America um, and founded the Plymouth Colony. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we're focusing on that this year, which Is quite an interesting one because it takes you down a lot of other avenues. Uh, I read a book at the beginning of this year just to do some research. And that's just fed more ideas because it's not just about some guys who decided to go on a sailing trip and, and set up camp in another country. There's a whole history behind that. And from that, we've just been pumping out a lot of small builds just to try and capture that story lead yeah. up to it and explain why a group of people decided to go on this trip, which for us these days, I guess it's like us trying to get on a space shuttle built by Richard Branson. <laughs> why would they do that? So that's led to a lot of reading, a lot of research and quite a few builds, which I'm working on right now, actually.
0: Do you find it easier doing especially the smaller builds to lead up to the big build or how do you go about doing such big epic builds because i was looking at uh jacobite risings uh the fight for britain's throne that's that looks massive (laughs) how how do you coordinate that like is there a lot of like emails or photos back and forth or
1: is it like you build the wall (laughs) (laughs) i'll start with your second second question and um come back to the to the first one about the sizes which yep. which we enjoy more find easier how do we go about building a collaboration um starts off probably uh, a meeting uh, uh, a show uh, we have a chat about you know what are we going to do next year and as i said a minute ago we have got quite a few ideas so there's there's a few sketches kicking around bouncing about between us on we're using whatsapp more these days just because you can share photos quite quickly and easily so a sketch will be put together um and that at that point is more about the story or the point of history that we're trying to capture so for example with the mayflower journey how do you capture two continents a massive ocean and try and capture the the feeling of it because you can't always do a one-to-one scale model or one-to-44, whatever it might be that you want to do of of an event. Um, So sometimes it might be, uh, like last year, we did Peterloo, so we drew the field up and we scaled that and realised that that would be absolutely humongous, so we had to scale it down. Um, Whereas this year, um, again, events that are going on around the world which may prevent us from displaying this year um, we, we've tried to look at it more as capturing the feel of the story. So we've got England, we've got America, we've got the different parts of America. So we've got the part where they settle, we've got the Native Americans. So we just put an idea together and, and kind of work it up from there. And once we're not necessarily 100% happy with the layout, because that never really truly happens until we've built it, once we've got a general feel for the layout, we will start to say, like, right, who wants to do what? You know, what are you interested in, Simon? What is it that you particularly like about this build, Colin? Yeah, what what is it that you're enjoying, or what is it you like? Um, so people will then kind of start saying, I really like this. I'm really into Native Americans. I'm not so keen on. English and, and then you know they're they're horrible. They're down south from from Scotland. Um, so yeah, people will say what they want to build, um, and then I guess, yes it kind of all comes together. Is I've never known in in all the years we've worked anyone say yeah I want to do that, and someone else say yeah, but so do I. Oh, okay. We've always seemed to very nicely fitted together and, and agreed what we want to do. Um, which is really nice. And once we've got kind of a rough idea, people will start working on their own areas. Um, yep. The connections are, are pretty, pretty important. So as you build up, it depends who gets off the blocks first. You know, whoever's quickest off the blocks kind of takes a lead on height and, and um, the edge details. So that just evolves from there, really. And, and it's all about sharing photographs at that point. Um, you can draw it up to a degree but you know a section of your edge gives an idea of the colors the heights all those details which otherwise kind of get lost uh, it's not always perfect um there are occasions when we get to site um the show put it all out and it's not quite right <laughs> but then we just have to throw it together and, and rip it up and, and just get it to work really so it's uh that's the beauty of your Lego, isn't it? Okay. You can you can adapt it quite quickly and easily.
0: Well, yeah, get out the brick separator and just start going nuts.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your first question you asked about you know different scales of builds. Um, yep. The big builds can be quite intense, uh, and you mentioned the Jacobite risings. That that was quite heavy going um, in some respects for myself because I I elected to do the mounting. <laughs> And, and I actually got to the point where I was saying, right, I need to cover something like uh, three 16 by 16 plates a day. And I had like three hours and it's like I've got like four minutes to cover a stud. Wow. Um, and, and that's probably been the most intense building that I've ever had to do because I just didn't really give myself enough time and with work, family and what else. So that, that was kind of – yeah high octane building that um don't think i want to do that again for a long time
0: but it's very monotonous
1: but yeah this year i've i've probably started a bit earlier and that's given me more time and uh, yeah it's a difficult one this year because it looks likely that some of the shows won't be going ahead but we still aim to keep keep displaying this year's build albeit you know 401 years after the event but um gives us a bit more time. Yeah. So yeah, the, the big builds can be more intense. Yeah. Um, but that's not to say a small build can't be intense that Dan only the other day, um, he ordered a piece, um, and it came quicker than he expected. And it was like, right. Okay. This allows me to do this build, which is an anniversary for tomorrow. Oh wow. But I think he had something like two hours to put it all together. <laughs> and um, like they can be just as just as full on. I like them both. I think I like to be able to dip in and out of doing a big build and doing a small build. The small builds, you know, they don't take up as much of your life or as much of your year. <laughs> so uh, there's something nice about that. I'm, I'm constantly
0: doing little builds and my wife's like, are you finished building yet? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, but I've got this other one I'm doing now. <laughs> Um, is there anything <laughs> you prefer to build? Like, do you, probably not mountains, <laughs> um, but like, you know, any sort of structures or cars or anything that you like prefer to build yourself?
1: I think ships is one of the th- things I've found enjoyable over the years. Um, there's something quite nice about sculpturing the hull of a ship and trying to capture what it looks like. Um uh, am no, no real expert in, in ships, but I've, yeah, I do enjoy ships quite a bit. I quite like architectural detailing. The Roman stuff is pretty good for that because it's you know classical architecture, and you've got all their fancy columns and pints and architraving and all of that. Um, it's also quite repetitive, which I quite enjoy. You know, you can you can work a nice detail up, and then you can just repeat it for a, for a nice section. Um, which captures the size of, of a build nicely, but it also um, allows you to get some nice detailing in it. I, I studied architecture, so sorry for the architectural jargon here. No, go nuts. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you can just you can you can just keep repeating it and repeating it. Um, so you can you can really focus on one bit of detail and spend some some good time on that, but then you don't need to worry about about keep doing that. Um, to you know how to build it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm having a go at trying to get a bit more rustic kind of wall detailing going on. Um, and I, when I started off quite early on, and was going through classic castle, and it's like that black grey wall syndrome they called it. Yeah. And I was talking about how you can get away from just a, a flat plain grey wall. Um, and I'm trying to work on that and just just change the techniques that I use and um, open that up. So. I guess I've got to lean in towards building just because of my studies. So, do you guys give yourself like,
0: is it sort of a year to get through like some of the big projects, or like what's your sort of time limit?
1: So, really, what our our main what brought us together mainly was was displaying at Steam, which is a show in Swindon, happens first weekend of October for, for those who aren't familiar with it. So, that that really is the core about what Brits of the Past was about. And I'm very much, personally, very much want to keep it that way. Um, and whatever people want to do from there onwards it is all fair play and, and game for them. So, so, Dan and myself are particularly keen at the moment on doing nice little builds, small blogs, or long blogs, depends what the subject is. So, yeah that's something additional to what we're really about. Um, So it's about that one year show at Steam. If we can take it to other shows, if it fits in with our building schedules, with our stock moving things around, you know, we recycle, some of us recycle quite a lot. Then we will take it to other shows. Uh, I guess because Steam happens every year, we don't want to take the same model there. Um, Yeah. They do tend to be one of the larger models at the show. So, if we bought the same model back, you know, they don't want that. They want fresh new models because otherwise the public get bored of it as well. So, it gives us really a year from October to October. But I know we've got a build that we have been talking about for a number of years and keeps getting put back. I've started small bits on it. Um, I know Colin. He's also started some small bits on it. So, if people can start earlier, if we've got the ideas, yeah, we might take longer. That one could take quite a few years because we want to build on a really big scale, um, bigger than we've done before. It's a it's a subject and a theme that two of us are particularly keen on. <laughs> so we, we really want to, to go to town on that. But yeah, I, I don't think we've done it in less than a year because we would have talked about it coming up to to October. It's always good to talk when you're face-to-face. You know, you can get a lot more discussion done quickly. As opposed to relying on emails and so forth.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's right. And for your minifigures and so forth, because obviously a lot of them are large-scale, lots of minifigures Mm. um, in British attire or, (laughs) you know, whatever attire they're in, do you get them printed or... Are there sets that actually have those? And you're just like, I'm just raiding BrickLink stores for people's minifigures.
1: <laughs> well, this is the beauty of Bricks of the past is that we all have different kind of takes on how we like to do the hobby. Um, when it comes to parts, I would say I'm a pretty much a purist in that I want to use only Lego products. Yep. So I, I wouldn't, wouldn't go out and buy a printed torso or legs or whatever it may be. I know Dan has recently done a small build and he um, he got a very nice printed uh, torso and legs, which he used for, for one of the pieces in there. So, you know, we've got different views and we bring that together and we use it to, to work together. But I would say predominantly, like you say, large number of figures, you've you know, got a battle scene. The customs are brilliant, um, but trying to build an army of, a hundred even of custom prints is going to be very expensive.
0: Yeah,
1: I think we we you know on the larger scales we do tend to stick to to bricklinking it, um, seeing what's out there and what's available. That can become pretty challenging when you're doing history and like you say, you bricklinking because there's not a huge variety out there. Um, so trying to build an army, I'm I'm kind of at the point where I'm ripping arms off. And, and swapping them around yep um because that yeah. way you can get a variety of different torsos so yeah you've got quite a lot of different colored arms out there different legs you can mix them up but yeah it could look a bit repetitive but um when they're all together in a large mass you can't see it so well yeah well that's that's it exactly
0: and I know pirates is making a comeback, and I think castles are on the vision of everyone because everyone's like, "More castles! We need castles!" So I guess you're going to get, yeah, you know, like with pirates, you'll get probably you know British soldiers or something like that hunting them down at some point. I'm assuming, um, and then castles, yeah. well, there are yeah. your knights. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Have any of your Builds been featured in museums or anything like that? Like, uh, do you ever get museums go, hang on, keep that, we want to chuck it in, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> we've got room.
1: <laughs> yeah, we've, we've had a couple of opportunities. So, a few years back now, we did the Anglo Saxon display, and that kind of got pulled together with, with Bright Bricks, and we worked with them, and that went into an art museum up in. Lake Districts, which is sort of north of England, um, not too far from Hadrian's Wall. Hmm. So that that was a good opportunity. We we didn't just display that as it goes, we we put a few of our other pieces of work in there. Not not a full collaboration, but for example, Steve had built a Roman villa for the Hadrian's Wall build, so that that was in there. Simon had built an Iron Age village, um above the same Hadrian's Wall display that that went in there as a separate piece. I had built the um, Norman Keep um, that went in into that display. So yeah, there, there were quite a few other small pieces along with the Anglo-Saxon collaboration.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we we were also approached by Stirling Castle Ooh. for the Jacobite build, which was was brilliant. Um, I I don't think I have or, or will again driven in a medieval castle with a Lego model in my car um that was really interesting so um oh yeah yeah they've had our work on display and dan's done very well with our scottish connections i don't know what the main difference is but the scottish heritage um association i think it is they've been particularly interested in our work and dan's done some work with them and actually has done some commissions for them so we've had a few opportunities um it's not what we're mainly about, so we wouldn't go out there looking for it. But we'd certainly be open to anybody coming to us, um, either for commissions or for renting our models out if they're still around, because <laughs> they get broken up mostly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're like, we want that model, and you're like, ah, oh, it's it's in pieces.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Um, what do you find are your biggest challenges? Uh for you guys in particular?
1: Um, I don't know what the other guys' challenges are, to be honest. Um, No, they they tend to just pull it together. Um, I guess because we know we're going to do it for October, it's like, right, okay, let's get it done for October. Um, So we we talked earlier, didn't we, about how long we've got, we have a year, so people manage their own time. And I think, you know, it's not so much a challenge, but I guess we work around our restrictions so people won't build bigger than they can or if they haven't got the time because of family commitments, they won't necessarily build as, as large as they would. Yep. So I think people are pretty honest about what they can and can't do from the outset. Um, for me, personally, I think time is probably the biggest challenge just because I like to keep building as much as I can. Um you know, I can't build 24 hours a day. Um, I need to sleep. Um, but yeah, there's other important things, aren't there? You know, it's putting enough time
0: into it, not too much time. Yeah, if that makes sense. No, it does. Like, have you ever been like it? Ah, oh, because I know for myself, it'll be 10 o'clock. Let's say 10 o'clock at night. I'll start. I'll be building. My wife's like, go on to bed, and it's 12 o'clock when she says <laughs> I'm going to bed. So like, you go to bed. Too. It's like, oh yeah, I'll be in there in a minute, and then it's like. Two, so, and you're like, go to bed, you silly, go to, be, go, go to bed. Three o'clock, you're like, okay, I'm going to bed. Um, do you, like, <laughs> yeah. sometimes it feels like an addiction. Like, do you ever feel that way?
1: <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, without doubt. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those things which you can end up spending too much time in. The thing with history is you keep, like, I, I've learned so much history this year and, and just, you know, so, they're not massive historical events, but they're, they're still important and they're part of a story which leads to something else. It's all interconnected. None of it's isolated. And, um, you know, that's a bit of a spur in itself. So it's, um, you know, I read, I build, I read a bit more, and then I get another idea. And then it just kind of, yeah, it, definitely, definitely an addiction there.
0: i was gonna say because yeah you have to do the research as well don't you because it's like you don't want to be building something and you're like ah, hang on it's meant to go over there
1: yeah (laughs) that has happened that has happened um earlier on this year i I was doing a build around uh, something which we're about to post later on this year and i just couldn't find the information and um i was googling on it i built the build i'd got it all set up i a photographing it and um in fact i'd even taken a, a set of photographs and then i read I, I don't know how i found it but i found this uh, blog about it And it's like yeah and she wore a blue dress i'm like yeah uh, she's wearing a white dress <laughs> it's like do i take the photos again don't i and it's like no, I, I've got to take those photos again. I've got to change the colour of the dress because, you know, a lot of people out there won't won't find this. But yeah, you're going to find someone out there who who reads it or looks at it and goes, "Actually, oh, wore a blue dress, I and mean, why is she in a white one?" So yeah, I'm am a stick a stickler for detail because know people are as well, and uh, that's fair enough. You've got to try and get it as accurate as you can, you know.
0: Yeah, I used to produce audiobooks and the amount of time you spend online just going, okay, no, hang on, how do you pronounce that? Because there will be someone out there that will be like, no, no, you got it wrong. And good on them. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I I was looking at the, uh, what is it, the uh, Peterloo Massacre? Is it Peterloo? Peterloo, yeah. Peterloo, yep. Yeah. The Peterloo Massacre. that's how I pronounce it. (laughs) <laughs> someone you did it wrong no uh, <laughs> um and you built the church that's that was um yeah that was a pretty mm. pretty massive sort of bit of kit um thank you yeah how far into the build did you get before you went uh oh, just i'm not doing an interior anymore because <laughs> i think you said you you gave up on the interior because the roof was too heavy to basically pull off so you're
1: like no one's gonna see it anyway. I had started tiling the floor out, Um, all the benches, pews, um, they were all built and fitted. Um, So I kind of laid out and designed a pattern for the floor, got all the benches placed. I guess it was kind of doing all the finishing details, you know, where where the sermons would have taken place. Um, The sad thing with that church is there weren't a huge amount of photographs of it, there were a number of it being demolished. Um, Which gave you an idea of what it looked like inside, but I couldn't find any of it like being used for worship or services. So I I would have had to have guessed or kind of conjectured what it would look like. Yeah, and I hadn't got to that point. I think I was probably within about a month of the show, um, and and I just thought, okay, look, I'm going. I'm just going to be using the time on something which. I, I might be able to photograph but you know mm-hmm. I couldn't give it the time that I wanted to to um, to give it justice. yeah you, you said earlier mm-hmm. what are some of the challenges? I think this is an example of one of the challenges that I do experience from time to time is is the build and get it finished uh, and maybe build something else or do you just spend a bit more time and, and just put that little bit more attention to the detail to the research? I just go that extra mileage with how, how you actually get it looking. Um, and I just thought, no, I, you know, I'm going to end up rushing this. It's not going to look any good and no one's going to see it other than for a few photographs. Yeah. Um, which I didn't really feel would add to the story because the church didn't, didn't offer much to the story other than the church was St. Peter's, the field was St. Peter's, St. Peter's Field. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that was the connection. So...
0: um. And I guess that would be like, again, back to challenges, Mm. finding the, finding the photos. Like, cause as you're saying, like you're doing history, I dare say like, well, there wasn't cameras. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So like, are you going just off descriptions or just drawings? Like what's your main sort of, let's even say the Jacobite risings. Hmm. Were you going off like descriptions or like were there actual plans and for the buildings or were you just going off archaeology sort of stuff?
1: Depends what time of history you're looking at. Yep. Something like the Jacobite Risings, um, certainly for us here in the UK, that's quite quite recent in terms of our history.
2: Yep.
1: It's um I two, three hundred years ago, paintings were becoming a lot more accurate. Um so The details were being captured in drawings and paintings at that time, so you've got the imagery there. The descriptions are there. There's a lot of interest and and enthusiasm in there. Um, Osprey, Dan Dan is a big fan of the Osprey books, and they give some excellent diagrams and pictures, particularly for the troops. So that was a a source of material. Um, So I guess more recent history is easier because you you're getting more realistic pictures and imagery. Yep. The further back you go in time, <laughs> I, I have to say, I don't think I've ever really used the description other than that build I mentioned earlier, I think that's probably a, a more of a rarity. Yep. Uh, I yeah. tend to Google up an image and see what's out there, um, and there are some lovely recreated images now that are being put together. Um, I'm doing some Roman building at the moment, amongst other things. and. And that's something that I started out when I came kind of back into it enthusiastically as an adult. And that would have been about 15 years ago. And, and the leap in imagery in those 15 years is, is substantial. The images were not there to, to use the source material. Um, so there's some brilliant recreated pictures and 3D images out there. Um, there's a guy that we follow on Twitter, a guy called Bob Marshall, um, and he does some brilliant recreated scenes. Um, most of them, I think, are kind of medieval. He's done some Roman work as well. Whether they're accurate or not, I think they are. Knowing what he does, they're pretty accurate. Um, so they're good. I, I also quite enjoy watching documentaries from time to time. We have a show called Time Team over here, and they have an artist in there, and he does drawings of whatever it is, they're looking at archaeologically, and he recreates those, and they're they're very good source material as well. And we're talking prehistory here, so you know, Ryan Age, your Bronze Age, yep, and going back into your uh, Mesolithic and what else. So, um, yeah, I, I like I like to use those as well. You mentioned further back what
0: what mm. what got you back into Lego as an adult, because that's that's all I like <laughs> I like hearing. What is it? Your first hit. No. Uh,
1: <laughs> what, what, what was it that got you back into it? I don't think I ever truly left it. Yep. Um, university takes you away from home, doesn't it? And you don't really want to take your Lego collection to university. That doesn't go down so well with your fellow students. So that stayed at home. And I got married pretty much after I graduated. So moved in um, with, with my wife and... I guess I had a bit more time. I wasn't studying. I was now working. Um, we, we went away to Rome. Um, and I came back and said, I don't know what to do. I'm um, in my spare time. And she said, oh, why don't you build the Colosseum? It's like, yeah, okay, I can build that. I've got a lot of Lego. And that's really what brought, brought me back into it. I obviously can build the Colosseum. The uh, Colosseum to a minifig scale I, I worked out it would be some four meters by three meters. So it's a fair size. Um, one day maybe. But I thought, right, okay, what can I build more realistically? And um, I, I started building a kind of my own imagination of a Roman British town. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I found the photos the other day, actually, and uh, I was just going through them. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting what I was doing. Then I, I obviously had a night for town planning of some sort. Cause I was not building big, but it wasn't small either. Um so yeah, it was it was the Romans that got me started, um, and then I kind of met met people online in the Lego community, and and I met Pete Reed who lived locally to me at the time, and um, kind of gave me a few tips and some sort of positive feedback on what I was building. I dabbled in the dark arts of uh, sci-fi <laughs> and had to play around with that because I. That's another subject I love and would love to build in that. But, um, you know, I, I, it's the time for me. So uh, maybe when I'm older, once I've built every moment of British history. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was about to say, when when space travel and aliens are in the past, then... <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> so, yeah, it kind of just kind of grew from there, really.
0: And do you have any, like... Again, it's a question I ask everyone because, again, I like to hear um, the sort of memories of Lego. Like, you know, do you have like mm. a growing up, your fondest memory of Lego?
1: I think probably one of my strong memories was as a kid at Christmas getting the um, the classic castle set, the lion one. Yep, It was the bigger one of, of all the castles. Castles, surprisingly, was the thing that I was into as a kid. <laughs> um, yeah, and and I got the got that large lego lion castle set and uh yeah we we, well i built it in christmas day and then yeah as a family i think we played a war game with it or something something like that from memory um so yeah that'd probably be one of my um earlier fondest memories of of lego
0: (laughs) um yeah can't go past castles (laughs) i i I never I never got castles as a kid. Um, the only, oh wow, that is a cool set. Sorry, I just had to look it up, and I'm like, oh, that, I know that set. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I I got uh, the police officer set. That was <laughs> that was that was cool. it. Um, what what's what's the biggest project you guys have undertaken out of all all your projects? Is it uh, Jacobite
1: Rising? Is that the biggest one you guys have done? Or I'd say it is only just because of the mounting yep so what well, what really dictates us at this point is the um platform that we display on at Steam yep so they have stage sections but they only have nine of them um and these stage sections come in two meter by one meters, so we could do any configuration we wanted, so that has limited us um to date yep we have. Have dabbled with the possibility of going bigger, um, and they said, "Yeah, if you want to, we can look at bringing in some more stage sections." But a number of us participate in changes from year to year. Um, people's families come and go, grow. Yep. Um, you know, we're still sort of in our thirties, forties. So our families are still quite young. Um, I think my my boys are probably the oldest, so I, I get more time as such. Um, The others have got younger families. So, yeah, I don't think at this point we've got the time as a group to go bigger unless we were to build over a longer period of time. Um, So, yeah, we've built on that, I I think, probably maybe three or four times. The Anglo-Saxon build was on those nine stages. Adrian's Wall, Jacobites, Marokabu. I think they were probably all on that. But just because of the height and the mountain, I think it just added that extra (laughs) volume to it. That'd be fun to travel with. (laughs) Yeah, it collapsed pretty well. (laughs) Yeah, it was the second year of of building height. Um, The first year was the Anglo-Saxon build, and I built that big hill. Um, And I came up with some weird and wonderful idea of, of numbers and letters and who knows what, but it kind of did go together. But I was able to refine it the next year, um, and there's a huge amount of Dupli sits underneath it. So just it kind of just flat packs. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So although it, it's high, um, I mentioned that I was building those 16 by 16s I was trying to do three a day. That was basically the volume, and it was the height of those 16 by 16s because um, the lowest point was where the base plate started and it was then the height difference from there to the back of it yep um, so it was, it, yeah you know am trying to think stud wise you know we could be talking about 20 studs in height oh wow Um. yeah so it rose of 20 studs or 20 bricks over those 16 studs um, but that's where the volume was
0: yeah wow and duplo i've heard of people filling out with duplo i just i've got to get my head around it at some point
1: <laughs> well it wasn't filled out with duplo it was um it was it was pillars basically oh okay yep yep so so um you know i remember uh building my um my temple for my roman Colchester build and um Ralph from, from Holland, who comes over quite a lot Salzburger, um, Salzburg, if that's how you say So, and I probably said that wrong, but um, he was looking at me trying to put this temple together, and, and the columns were just sitting on one stud, and they were wobbling around, and he's like, that's never going to stand up. And I went, yeah, no, of course it's going to stand up. It's, it's absolutely fine. Once I get this on top, it will all lock into place. He went, no. I mean, yeah, yeah, trust me, I've done it before. I said, it, my cat's even walked over it, and it's held the weight. And he's looking at me. It's like you, you, you lost it. But I got it on, and, and the beauty is, is because the weight just pushes down. You don't really need a whole load to hold it in place. The stud just stops it from sliding. Yeah, and it's the same when when I did the um, when the mountain and the hill. You know, they're they're just columns. You then put some plates on top of it, and it holds it all in place. And because it's kind of a 3D sculpture and it's low going up to high, it won't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, And in fact, we put that together twice and I'm pretty sure some of the columns slipped out and disappeared between the first build and the second build. And some of it wasn't actually sitting on anything. Um, It was just floating. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of sitting on top of the one below it. And then there was one on top of it and it kind of locked it in place, and it, it just wouldn't wouldn't go anywhere. So, um, yeah, it wasn't a mass dense Duplo core. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, physics.
0: It's physics. That's
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is. it is, it is. Just gotta be brave. <laughs>
0: Have you been putting it down, and you're like, just please, just stay, just stay. Just... <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, a lot. Definitely. A lot of my builds is like a wing and a prayer. Like someone's like, "Wow, how'd you do that? How's that staying like that?" It's like, oh, 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 oh. a wing and a prayer."
1: <laughs> it's like that recent um, chain build that's been going out. It's like wow, How does that work? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, you look at it and it's like, "That's not possible." There's some <laughs> invisible string there or something. But yeah, as you say, it's physics. It, it can work.
0: Yeah, I did one of them. It's a, uh, what was it? A cloud city. Oh, like as in, it's a castle in the sky. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that thing broke so many times. It's not funny because oh, mine no. was just so massive. It was just just getting it in the right position. You're like, okay, it's done. It's done. Take a photo and that's it. Um, yeah. But yeah, wing and a prayer. That's what <laughs> mine are all held together with. Yeah. Um, I see you guys also did uh, board games and so forth. I was having a look at it and I was like, oh, okay, you do chess, you do blah. And then I actually read the descriptions and I went, no, that's not chess. Are these games that are um, not readily available, but like mm-hmm. readily researched and so forth? Like how did you guys, Yeah, what, what made you go, I'm going to do board games? Because they look pretty sick.
1: Yeah, I think um, I've got to remember our own history now. That's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> The history of the history builders. Um, so when we did the Hadrian's Wall, I, I had this idea of trying to make it like a museum around the build. Yep. Um, and I put some mosaics together, some actual mosaics, you know, floor mosaics, and had them being excavated. Um, and then Jimmy Jimmy did a, a actual mosaic, a Hadrian. Um, and I think from that, Simon got the idea of doing a Roman board game. Um, Sort of to kind of go in our sort of museum display yep. alongside the wall. So I think um, I think the idea probably came from Simon, and then with the Anglo-Saxon build, I think Dan Dan kind of picked up on it, which was the year afterwards. And and he found some Viking games. So yeah, you said are they heavily researched or are they kind of just fantasy? No, they are researched. They are actual games. There's a whole set of rules around them. Yep. So pretty much like chess, but these are Roman Viking games.
0: Yeah.
1: You, you know, they look,
0: yeah, they look cool. Uh, I think it's the Ardri. Ardri? I think that's A-R-D-R-I. I,
1: I'm, I'm not up on my Viking language. And...
0: <laughs> well, that one looks sick. <laughs> I was having a look at it. I'm like, yeah. yeah I, I do like to look at that one. Um, And yeah. mosaics. Oh. So you do mosaics as well. Um. Again, mm. that's something I've I've seen a lot of people do, like, you know, mosaics and, um, you know, big pictures. Um, how do you guys go about doing that? So,
1: yeah, I, I did a couple of mosaics last year and I'm not the expert. Um, so I'm friends with Ralph Dory, who does Star Wars mosaics. Yep. Um, Ralph uh, lived in the UK for some time and Ralph himself cycled um, on the very brick rides. So I'm good friends with Ralph, and um, he kindly gave me the instructions pretty much for the mosaics I did for the Peterloo build. What Ralph does is, uh, I believe, he sticks it into Photoshop and yep. then does okay. some magic in there and, and turns it into into something that I can use.
0: Yeah, I just love yeah. that you said Photoshop, and he does his magic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, like, just... I'm the same. It's like, how do how do you do that? Oh, I did this in Photoshop. <laughs> yeah. It's like. Good. <laughs> yeah,
1: definitely.
0: Uh, and um, last but not least, uh, when you do pull apart all your big builds and so forth, um, I think I asked you this the other day when we had our little chat. <laughs> do you get your kids okay. in and go, help me, help me sort or... Are you just like you just look at the mountain of sorting, and you're like, I just have to attack this little by little, or do you just
1: I'm um, give me a day? Interesting, because I, I kind of I don't have a pattern with it. Um, I I've done different things in the past. Um, some have worked better than others. So like, a couple of years ago, I was just like, right, I'm just going to take it all apart and have big mounds of Lego on the floor, and then sort it and. I did it over winter because Steam finished in October and, you know, I can't remember why, you know, but it was Christmas. And do you know what? That really didn't work <laughs> because <coughs> it didn't work because it stopped me from building and there's nothing more grinding than just sorting Lego and putting it into containers and sorting Lego and putting into containers. And I think I must have been at it for some three weeks and I didn't build anything. Um, and yeah, you know, my, I, I did get my kids to help when they were younger. Um, they're getting older now and, you know, no one likes it, I don't think. <laughs> um, it just seems a bit like child cruelty now to, to get them to do it. They were, they were happier doing it as younger kids, but not more, not now. I think, I think probably what's been working for me more recently is, it's kind of like, just leaving what I've got built in boxes in the garage and as and when I want the parts going right I'm going to go and get that bit and break it up because it's kind of twofold with this It's first of all I don't need to store so much lego in containers and what else because I don't need to sort it I just take it from one metal take it up have a pile build another one Yep. Yeah. um so that that kind of saves on time it also saves on just that tediousness of, of sorting and breaking and sorting and breaking. It's, um, it just, yeah, I'm building a model. I need those parts, right? Oh, and well, I've got that build. I, I don't want that anymore. I, I'll go and break up a bit of it and then I'll use the parts and the ones that I don't use, then I put them away. Yeah. Um, that's kind of been what I've done over the last sort of six, six, twelve 12 months. And it's worked a bit better. um, it's, it's always changing, you know. Oh, yeah. um, I'm kind of at a stage where I'm a bit like Simon. It's like, oh, wish I'd kept that model. Ah, oh, Simon's actually got something on us here, you know. We've always been saying, Simon, why do you keep your models? Uh, now I kind of know why. It's like, <laughs> yeah, wish <laughs> I wish I'd kept that. I could use that. Um, so that helps with breaking and sorting because I don't have so much to do. Yeah. Oh, just keep them model instead. I I
0: I find the same. Like you know, you uh, it's like as I said, I'm building something at the moment, and you build a certain part, and then you're like, oh, okay, but then you look at the pile that has been created of the things that didn't work, and you're like, yeah, just push it into the container that is to be sorted later.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: it has been fantastic chatting to you today.
1: Like um, likewise. really
0: enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, especially to find out you know a little bit more about history um, and through Lego, what better way? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and well last but not least, would you like to plug your social media accounting? Stuff? Yeah absolutely
1: happy happy to do that. Um, <laughs> we've got our own website yep. um, www.bri tothepass.com. And we're trying to put out new material quite regularly. And that's pretty much on our on our blog page. So you just you just scroll through it, you'll find our blog, Blog to the Past, I think we've called it. Yep. Um, if you're not wanting to look at that all the time, um, you can pretty much see it on, on our Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we, we try and post pretty much every day. Not a new piece of work, but it will be, you know, maybe a whip. Work in progress, or you know, hard to go anywhere at the moment. But, um, you know, if we do go out and maybe see something which is relevant, you know, it might be photos from a site, yeah. So, yeah, we're we're on there, um, yeah. So, you can check us out there,
0: yep. No worries.
1: Thank you very much, yes. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to For the Love of Brick. We have plenty of great interviews coming up. So, if you like this episode, Please subscribe on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. And don't forget to tell your friends. If you want to drop me a line or see what I'm up to, follow me on Facebook, Insta, and Twitter. Happy building, and remember, it's all for the love of brick.